Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 10th of April, the 100th day of 2023, affording us 265 days until 2024. April continues to be Poetry Month, and today we have a few stanzas from University of Colorado professor Julie Carr's poem, Morning Weekday Sky Cornea. From skate rink pink to ballroom blue to post-revolution ashen heft, I survived to see such things to press my heel to wood girl. Girl, today's list of broken things lengthens. Lamp, switch, door, knee, nipple, neighborhood. And speaking of neighborhood, locally here in Maine, poet Kathleen Illis will be hosting the 21st annual Poets Speak, reading at the Bangor Public Library this Thursday, the 13th of April. The variety of verses and voices of the annual event that Ellis has carefully arranged for so long is unsurpassed. Heavenward to the west in the evening sky after sunset, tonight and tomorrow night, look for the bright planet Venus working its way up past the dipper-shaped star cluster Pleiades and the V-shaped star cluster Hyades, which is near the fiery red star Aldebaran, the brightest star in the constellation Taurus the Bull. Today in 1516, the first Jewish ghetto was established when Venice compelled Jews to live in a specified area. Today in 1607, the British colonial expedition that would found Jamestown departed Puerto Rico for the American mainland. Today in 1710, the first law regulating copyright was issued in Great Britain. Today in 1790, the United States patent system was formed. Today in 1815, the eruption of the Dutch East Indies Mount Tambora, one of the most powerful in history, killed 71,000 people and caused a global volcanic winter. Today in 1816, Samuel Taylor Coleridge recited his poem Kublai Khan to Gordon Lord Byron, who persuaded Coleridge to publish the poem. Today in 1849, Walter Hunt patented the safety pin and sold the rights to it for $400. Today in 1912, the RMS Titanic set sail from Southampton on her maiden and final voyage. Today in 1925, F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby was published by Scribner's. Today in 1947, Jackie Robinson became the first black player of the 20th century to sign a major league baseball contract. Today in 1953, Dag Hammarskjöld became the second Secretary General of the United Nations. Meanwhile, Maine's whitewater racing season continues with the St. George, the Passy, the Sowie, and the Marsh having been run during the past three weekends and the 56th annual Kanduska Extreme Canoe Race coming up this weekend on Saturday. Yours truly has signed on for 27 of those Kanduskegs, paddling with at least half that many partners, perhaps my favorite being Miss America, Ms. Heather America, a fine canoeist originally from the Bridgeton area who on her first voyage in the bow of my 16-foot Old Town Penobscot demonstrated that good balance was perhaps the most important skill for staying dry through Six Mile Falls and later shopping cart at Valley Avenue. Of the several years Miss America sat and sometimes kneeled steadily in the bow, her first was the only year she wore flip-flops, a tad naively, though quickly becoming convinced how chilly the ambient air could be even in the middle of April on a sunny day. Fast forward to the past three years of the plague, otherwise known as COVID, which, according to a White House announcement about two months ago, will, come May, about three weeks away, no longer be officially considered an emergency. 
Worth noting, within the past month, the Johns Hopkins University of Medicine Coronavirus Resource Center, which had been faithfully tracking COVID the past three years, has stopped collecting data, primarily due to the declining availability of data from the state and local health officials, a difficulty also expressed a fortnight ago by the New York Times which has since reduced the frequency of their reports from daily to weekly, the rate at which the CDC currently provides stats about COVID. Therefore, in its new weekly report this past Friday, the Times reported that the U.S. had 138,481 confirmed cases of COVID this past week, with 1,596 deaths, or approximately one death every six minutes certainly still an emergency for some of our fellow citizens. Another interesting fact released lately by the FAA is that every wastewater sample taken from every commercial airline flight in the U.S. has indicated the presence of COVID. When so many folks want to travel with so many other folks, whether vaccinated or not, while we still have a substantial incidence of the disease, why should the FAA's info be a surprise? Since COVID's onset more than three years ago, 105 million cumulative cases of COVID have been reported in the U.S., the most of any country on the planet, proving we are the most hospitable people to the virus, engendering 16% of the world's 677 million cases when we're only 4% of the world's population. Deaths from COVID in the U.S. are currently at 1.2 million as only 68% of all Americans are vaccinated and only half of those vaccinated have had a minimum of one booster shot since. Today in 1903 in New York City, Claire Booth Luce was born to a chorus girl and a violinist. Of her mother, Claire says, My mother threw a brick through a window on Fifth Avenue during the first suffrage rage. And she was very proud because she was taken to the station house with a number of other women and very disappointed when she wasn't put in jail. Many people consider that she was the most unladylike creature. I think I inherited my own views on the freedom of women quite naturally. Claire's father deserted the family when she was nine, leaving her, her and her mother in a precarious financial state, which Claire's mother soon remedied by marrying a wealthy man and instructing Claire on the importance of money in marriage. Claire's eventual rise to prominent conservative and advocate of women's rights was helped along the way at a posh finishing school where her suffragette teacher drilled students in uniform and told Claire, I think you will go far. You have talent and so on, but always remember only two things you need, confidence in yourself and confidence in God, and she will protect you. Upon graduating at 18, Claire went into politics and appeared in goggles and flying togs in newsreels, tossing handbills from a biplane for the National Women's Party. Married and then divorced, Claire in rapid succession would become a journalist for Vogue and Vanity Fair, marry wealthy publisher Henry Robinson Luce, turn to playwriting with her best effort titled The Women, serve as a Republican member of Congress, and an ambassador to Italy. Claire Luce said of the Democratic Party, its leaders are always troubadours of trouble, crooners of catastrophe. Of men, she said, a man's home may seem to be his castle on the outside. Inside, it's more often his nursery. 
Today is also the birthday in 1583 of Dutch jurist and father of international law, Hugo Grotius. In 1778 of English essayist William Hazlitt. In 1796 of American pioneer and eventual soldier at the Alamo, Jim Bowie. In 1826 of Ben-Hur author and American Civil War general, Lou Wallace. In 1829 of English preacher and Salvation Army founder, William Booth. In 1847 of Hungarian Hungarian-American publisher and once frequent Bar Harbor vacationer Joseph Pulitzer. In 1915 of American actor Harry Morgan. In 1921 of American actor Chuck Connors. In 1929 of American actor Max von Sydow. In 1930 of American civil rights activist and co-founder of United Farm Workers Dolores Huerta. In 1932, of of Egyptian actor Omar Sharif. In 1936, of American football coach John Madden. In 1938, of American football quarterback Don Meredith. In 1951, of American Aiki Doka and actor Steven Seagal. And in 1953, of American folk rock singer Terry Roche. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Acela with a word in edgewise. Here's to the fourth official week of spring and to the 15th week of the new year.